MLB. If you were in the MLB, what would you listen to on your way out? Uh, walking on Sunshine. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. Yeah, I would. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. That'd be my walk-on music, yeah. Walking on Sunshine, yeah. <laughs> no. Let's hear a clip. <laughs> I would go out tonight, but there's a new episode of Reaction. We're here at the new house. We're here at the new studio. Yeah, we were going to name our studio. Yeah, we haven't come up with it. Why don't you, uh, if anybody wants to make a suggestion as to what we should call our new studio, uh, you send us a message on Instagram, at ReactionBratsPod. Robin curates the feed, and she will answer the messages. Let us know uh, if you have a good idea for uh, what we should name the new studio in the new house that we just moved into in April. That brings me to our next point. A lot's changed. A lot has changed. Well, a lot's happened. This is the first episode that we are recording since we actually launched the podcast. So it makes us maybe a little bit more self-conscious too in our recording because we've Now heard... that I've seen the actual downloads, I'm not self-conscious at all. <laughs> don't see that. We've heard our first three episodes and we know what we don't want to say. Yes. Or what we don't want to sound like. I say absolutely a lot. Probably that hasn't made it into any episodes because I edit them heavily and I edit yeah. it out every time I said absolutely. I say like a lot. And I've also found, and this is something that was hard to edit out, I repeat everything Robin says. Robin will say something and then I'll say yes and I'll repeat what she said and then I'll continue with my point. I do it all the time. I'm not going to do it this episode. That's my plan anyway. Well, that's a good plan. That's one of those things that they say is like um, happens in a boardroom, right? The woman says something and then no one hears it. And then the man says the exact same thing. And they're like, great idea. It's like that thing that happens in the boardroom where a woman will say one thing and then a man will say it. (laughs) And everyone says, great idea to the man. I find listening to myself in the first three episodes, one, I sound uh, like a valley girl, which I didn't realize that I talk like this so much. That's really super annoying, and I'm really sorry about that. I've noticed that since we started dating, but I didn't (laughs) want to say anything. Uh, And the other thing is that I'm very dismissive. I'm very quick to say, you don't need to hear the rest of their back catalog. Like, what do I know? I mean, those are, I am just telling you about my favorite records and the ones that I listen to. So I guess it's a point, but it does sound very snobby. Well, don't do that anymore. Okay, you don't repeat everything I say or say like or absolutely. Or absolutely. I just did it. I just Mm -hmm. (laughs) repeated what you said. Yep. Do you want to maybe explain the premise of this particular episode is what we're doing? Well, this episode is about the things that we are not doing because we are in quarantine and isolation and staying in and socially distancing because of COVID. And I would like to preface it all, this whole episode, by saying that we realize that we're in an okay situation and really if it's just concerts that we're not doing and that is an inconvenience to us throughout all of this, um, there are people that are seriously affected by it and I don't want to sound like we are not taking that seriously or not taking this seriously. But this is a podcast and it's for entertainment and it's fun and uh, we had some plans this summer that we're not going to get to do and we haven't done because of COVID. So this is kind of a thanks for nothing COVID episode, if you will. I think that might be the title of the episode. Thanks for nothing, COVID. Thanks for nothing, COVID. <laughs> yeah. Is that two on the nose? Maybe. So in March, we were supposed to go to Las Vegas to see David Lee Roth live, but then COVID happened. On May 27th, we were supposed to go and see Underworld play in Toronto, and that was canceled because of COVID. 
And then in September, it was New Order and Pet Shop Boys at the Budweiser stage, and that has also been canceled or postponed. Some of these have been postponed. Some have been canceled. Either way, uh, we will not be seeing those artists in 2020, and hopefully we'll see them in 2021, but we're not sure. So Robin had uh, the bright idea that we should do an episode where we discuss a record from each of the uh, artists that we're missing this year. And I'd also like to note, we also missed officially, it was last week, Nata Surf. We're supposed to play at the Horseshoe, and we're just not going to talk about a Nata Surf record because episode three we covered them pretty heavily so it was five things that we've oh and what about rod stewart yeah i (laughs) i had tickets for myself and my friend eric bowden to go see rod stewart in july at budweiser stage that has also been postponed has it officially yes yeah and uh, yeah, there was one more show in the fall that I was supposed to see at Danforth Music Hall. Actually, their whole tour has been canceled, and I'm going to pronounce, I'm going to attempt to say their name now. I'm not good at it. Einstützen to Neubauten. How's that? <laughs> it sounded very German. Einstützen to Neubauten. <laughs> No? <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. I like yeah. it. I had tickets to see them as well, and that has been canceled. So do you want to mention the stuff that's happened this week to us in our personal lives, or is that well off the table? I, yeah. I mean, we've moved. So during all of this COVID pandemic, we have moved and bought a house and sold a house and tried to settle in as best we could. This week has been a bit of a shit show. I think it was Tuesday night. I went down into the basement and was ankle deep in water. That sucked. That did suck. The sewer line backed up, so we had to take care of that. And then uh, to add insult to injury. Thursday morning. Thursday morning, my, uh, well, our cat Wentworth uh, passed away. So Yeah. R.I.P., little buddy. That was very hard. So we might as well go ahead and dedicate this episode to the memory of Wentworth. Yeah. Rest in peace. Gonna miss him. He was the best. He was the best. He was a nice little podcast kitty, too. He was always here when we were recording. Yeah. So we're going to miss him. So let's send this episode out to Wentworth, wherever you are. Um, to you, buddy. Yeah. Do you want to get into it? Sure. So the first show that we missed was March 29th, maybe March 30th, something like that. We were supposed to be in Vegas that weekend and we were going to go see David Lee Roth. I remember getting a text. I was on my, I had said goodbye to you, woke up in the morning, gave you a kiss goodbye. I was in the car on my way to work and you sent me a text, like, I don't know, within three minutes just saying, hey, David Lee Roth is doing a residency in Las Vegas. And I think it was just a like, hey, check this out. And then I got to work and I texted you back, like, should we go? We can go this weekend and you're like yes yeah it was it was gonna be great i was really looking forward to it i'd never been to vegas before i was looking forward to that oh really yeah i've been mm-hmm. there once it was 20 years ago and yeah neither of us gamble but yeah i i think our trip to vegas would be pretty tame yeah. compared to other people's mm-hmm. trips to vegas but i was looking forward to some heat mm-hmm. or maybe some sunshine at that time of year and just being somewhere i hadn't been before mm-hmm. Yeah, and I uh, am a Van Halen fan, obviously. I do have a David Lee Roth tattoo, and I'm not ashamed to say it. I love it. Courtesy of uh, our good friend Dave O'Connor here in Hamilton. What's Dave O'Connor doing? Is he still tattooing? Yeah. Was this one of his first? Uh, It was near the beginning, I think, yeah. Mm -hmm. This was 2012, I got it, I think. Right. Should we take a photo of it and post it to Instagram? Yeah, check out the Instagram. See the photo of uh, David Lee Roth on my boob. I love it. At Reaction Brats Pod, there'll be a photo up. I didn't really want to do uh, a David Lee Roth solo record. I thought it would be more appropriate if we did a Van Halen record. Mm -hmm. I had a hard time deciding between Van Halen 2 and Women and Children First. Uh, Those are probably my two favorite Van Halen records. And I was trying to think of which one Robin might enjoy more. And I kind of settled on Van Halen 2. And we're going to talk about it now. It's the second Van Halen record. Oh, wait a second. Wait, wait. Everyone wait, wait, wait. 
It's Wikipedia time. When you just want the facts, oh. it's Wikipedia time. So much I can know. It's Wikipedia time. I'm ready to learn. Yeah. 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 Van Halen is an American rock band formed in Pasadena, California in 1972, credited with, quote, restoring hard rock to the forefront of the music scene, unquote. Van Halen is known for his energetic live shows and for the work of its acclaimed lead guitarist, Eddie Vedder. The band was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2007. Wait, wait, wait. You just said, you just said Eddie Vedder. Did I? <laughs> I looked to see, like, holy shit, is the Wikipedia wrong? It says Eddie Van Halen, and you said, for the work of its acclaimed lead guitarist, Eddie Vedder. I don't believe it. Okay, let's go back and hear it. Let's check the tapes. Yep, let's do it. Van Halen is known for his energetic live shows and for the work of its acclaimed lead guitarist, Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder. Eddie Vedder. Yeah, I said Eddie Vedder. I don't get it. That's really <laughs> super weird. I don't know why I did that. But I did. Moving on. Yep. Uh, the record we're talking about today is Van Halen 2. And Wikipedia has this to say. Van Halen 2 is the second studio album by American hard rock band Van Halen. Released on March 23rd, 1979. It peaked at number 6 on the Billboard 200 and spawned the singles Dance the Night Away and Beautiful Girls. As of 2004, it has sold almost 6 million copies in the United States. Critical reaction to the album has been positive as well, with the Rolling Stone album guide praising the feel-good party atmosphere of the songs. And I agree. This record's just a heck of a good time. It really is. Yeah. So Van Halen 2, I mean, I love it. I hope I made the right choice by assigning this to Robin instead of Women and Children first. What'd you think of the record, Robin? Well, I loved it. Oh, really? Yeah, it was great. I mean, I knew it already. It reminded me of being a kid and being with my Uncle Brad at Christie Conservation Area. In the beach. For some reason, I think maybe he was like taking us out a lot that summer. I don't know, but it makes me think of him. And yeah, I love it. First, I would like to talk about the cover art. I would like this on a shirt. I wouldn't just like it on a shirt. I want it on, I want the blue shirt with the like, um, you know, that like thick vinyl that used to be on shirts. I want that. Really? Yeah. Like the super uncomfortable iron on. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. I want one of those. I want to go to like a place in the mall where they would like press them on and make them for you. Can you do that for my birthday? Sure. Okay. Thanks. Uh, Something else about the artwork is that on the back cover, Dave is doing the splits in midair. And it's the best. Right directly after he came down from that particular jump, he broke his foot. Oh, Um, no way. Yeah, broke a bone in his foot. Oh, that's Uh, cool. So inside the artwork, uh, he's wearing a cast. His foot is bandaged on the inside. So that's something to uh, check out if you have this on vinyl or if you ever do pick it up. Let's talk about some songs. I think um, Dance the Night Away is the like song that I knew the most mm-hmm. uh, on this record. Singles. And I love it. I still love it to this day. It's a great song. You want to play a clip? Yeah. Here it is. Dance the Night Away and Beautiful Girls were the two singles. What do you think of Beautiful Girls? It's great. It's great too, right? Yeah, they're I mean, both I'm- great. I mean, this whole record, I love that it's just about women. And <laughs> like, I feel like they wait, just like... Wait, there's a couple songs about the streets too. <laughs> okay, sure. All right. I love that it's a record about women and the streets. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Are they all from L.A.? Are they like Pasadena. an L.A. band? Pasadena, California. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I think that uh, I just, I loved it start to finish. It's great. It reminds me of being a kid. And I just think that they sing about living in the moment and I'm here for it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. It reminds me of my childhood a lot too, because they've just been a constant band in my life. Again, my oldest brother, Mike, listened to them. Like my earliest memories are Van Halen being played in the house. So uh, I've got that deep-seated love for them. This record, it's uh, it's got some of the greatest Van Halen songs. Uh, Somebody Get Me a Doctor is about just drinking and doing blow. Nice. Here's a clip. You better follow the ambulance up deep in shock. Oh, lovely baby. I really like the song Bottoms Up. It's got a heavy ZZ Top influence. I know that they were fans. And uh, it's got that that bluesy boogie that just gets your booty a-bumpin' and <laughs> pumpin'. And uh, here's a clip. Ooh, that's good. The harmonies are really great. Yeah. Some of my other favorite songs, Light Up the Sky, man. Light it up. To round out our talk about them, I just want to finish off with DOA, Dead or Alive, baby. This is a song about the streets. And if there's a man who knows the streets, it's David Lee Roth. Let's hear it. They send the mayor down in his pickup truck. <laughs> what? I send the mayor down in his pickup truck. The jury look at me say, The other great thing about DOA is you get not one but two fantastic solos from Mr. Eddie Van Halen. Nice. I'm gonna I'm gonna play the second one right now. Here it is. Guitar playing sounds as fresh as it did 41 years ago, if you ask me. And, it's pretty uh, amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. Uh, I'd say that we have covered Van Halen too thoroughly. Let's move on. The next show that we are missing is Underworld at uh, Rebel, formerly known as The Docks. I love Underworld. And I've only seen them twice. They haven't been to Toronto since 2002 on the uh, 100 Days Off tour. Correction. Underworld played Toronto in 2009. David is sad. And then I saw them in 99 on the Boku Fish tour. So when I found out that they were coming, I was quite excited. Snatched the tickets up uh, as soon as they came on sale. And uh, obviously it's been cancelled, which sucks because I don't know if they'll ever come back. But um, 
Did you know that Underworld used to be a band? Do you remember the song Doot Doot from 83? Uh, no. I only know it because you have the record downstairs, yeah. do you not? So it's the ba- I'm pretty sure I remember filing it and being like, what on earth is Doot Doot? It's the band Fuhrer, which is uh, <laughs> Carl and Rick's first band. And Doot Doot was a minor hit in uh, Europe. I don't know if it would have made it on the radio over here, but you probably know it. Here's a clip. <laughs> And then after Fuhrer uh, dissolved, they started Underworld. But Underworld started as more of a straight-ahead rock band. Mm. More in like the vein of later-day Simple Minds, I guess you can maybe compare them to. It's hard to say what they sounded like, but uh, Underneath the Radar was their most famous record and song, probably. If you're familiar with Underworld of the last 20 to 25 years, and you don't know about Underworld pre-1990, go to YouTube right now and watch the video for Underneath the Radar. And uh, it's quite a different beast. Here's a clip of the song. So the first time I would have heard Underworld was the train spotting soundtrack. I yes. think maybe a lot of people over here on this side of the pond, that would have been the first time that they had heard of Underworld. Mm-hmm. Born Slippy was a great song. I Born loved Slippy it. Born Slippy is great. It's actually Born Slippy Nux, which is a remix of Born Slippy. That is the famous song. Uh, That's on train spotting? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, let's talk about the record a little bit. This is my favorite Underworld record. Uh, second toughest in the infants, and it's Wikipedia time. When you just want the fans. <laughs> Underworld are a British electronic music group formed in 19. 19- 1980 in Cardiff, Wales, and the principal name of Carl Hyde and Rick Smith recording together. Prominent former members include Darren Emerson from 1991 to 2001 and Darren Price as part of the live band from 2005 to 2016. After performing as a funk and synth pop band, resulting in two albums between 88 and 89, Underworld gained prominence after reshaping in 93 into the progressive house and techno band and releasing seven subsequent albums, blah, blah, blah. So, this is my favorite Underworld record, Second Toughest in the Infants, and Wikipedia has this to say about it. Second Toughest in the Infants is the fourth album by Underworld, and the second in their Mark II lineup with Darren Emerson. With this album, Underworld expanded on their progressive palette while developing their signature sound of abrasive beats and anthemic melodies. Yes, uh, the opening track, Juanita, well actually it's a suite, technically, so it's Juanita, Kiteless, and to dream of love yeah this this song is i know i say this a lot but this is quintessential underworld Mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite underworld tracks and uh it's a great way to start the record and i think it still sounds pretty fresh for a song that came out in 1996 i think so too yeah let's play some of it The second song, Band Style Slash Sappy's Curry, is uh, another expansive, long track. Starts out as kind of a skittery breakbeat style song, and then kind of slows down into a half-speed, ambient, sort of dreamy plod. And it's great, too. We'll play a couple clips. Let's play a clip of the beginning, and then we'll transition into a clip of the second half of the song, where the style sort of changes up a bit. Hot, as if that hurt. Did you wash it? I stir it to 
another favorite of mine on here is the song Rowla or Roll. Is it Rolla? Rowla. I'm not sure how you say it. Would you say, what would you say? Rolla? I would say Rowla. Rowla? Sure. I don't know though. Neither do I. I never have. It's been 23 years of listening to this record. This song also exists in another version called Cherry Pie, which in my opinion is a uh, superior version of the song. So should I play a clip of Cherry Pie or of, of, uh, of Rowla? Yes. Rolla. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Rolla. Sure. Here's a clip of Rolla. And uh, here's a clip of Cherry Pie, which I think is the superior uh, version of the song. Tied for my favorite track on the record are Juanita and then this one here, Air Towel. Just Carl Hyde's style of singing and delivering his vocals, uh, this sort of stream of consciousness, repetitive, droning. Um, I, I love it. He's so distinctive. And uh, yeah, there's just something about the style of his singing that I love. I love it too. Yeah. For this record, I've listened to it a few times since he picked it up and we knew we were going to talk about it for the podcast. And I love it. Pearl's Girl, is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Pearl's Girl uh, was the song that I recognized on it. It takes me back to 90, what was this, 96? Came on 96, yeah. So I was, I turned 20 that year. I was three nights a week at, hanging out at Fever, which was a dance club downtown. And it was played there all the time, as well as Born Slippy. Yeah. And I loved it. It just, it takes me back to that time. And I think it still, I think this record still sounds good now. I never really took a deep dive into Underworld. I liked what I heard at the clubs and I liked what I heard. I worked at a record shop at the time and I, I loved it. And I still think it sounds great now yeah i agree that's why it's so disappointing that they're not coming because uh they're putting out some of the best music of their entire career within the last year they did a series called drift where they're putting out a new piece of music every week Hmm. does it still sound like underworld does it sound like 90s underworld no it's it's personally i think it's delved more into the techno realm Mm -hmm. even further than this stuff um it's it's even more aggressive oddly as they get older i think i like uh, it i mean we talked about battles and it was too many bleeps and bloops and so this is very distinctly not bleeps and bloops like this is I like that the constant beat I'm into and his vocal melodies and the way he sings and his voice I love it yeah I I can't point out besides Pearl's Girl only because it was familiar I think it all sounds very similar each mm-hmm. track you know but I love that about yeah. it I love it I think it's great it would have been great to see him uh, it would have been fun I do hope they come back because the show wasn't postponed it, it was canceled, canceled. I've been Aww. reimbursed so hopefully they make it back in 2021 because it would be great to see him but um, if you like what you've heard go check it out and uh, I'd be happy to guide anybody in their underworld uh, journey so just send us a message on Instagram at reactionbratspod or send us an email reactionbratspod pod at gmail.com and i'd be happy to uh curate a playlist for you love it can you you curate one for me absolutely thanks yeah no problem i know where to find you yep we're gonna move on now to new order 
As I said in episode three, uh, my favorite band of all time is is Joy Division and New Order. I lumped them into one body of work because, uh, I don't know, I just made up that rule, and that's what I'm going to do. And uh, New Order was coming to play in Toronto this September at the Budweiser stage with Pet Shop Boys, and it has been postponed to September of 2021. And a postponement is better than a cancellation. For sure. In my book. Yep. You know? So we decided today we would talk about Low Life. I often say it's my favorite New Order record. I love it. I sort of go back between this one and Technique and, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Power Corruption Lies. It's hard to pick one, but I think... There's so many good ones. For the, most, for the most part, I'd put Low Life at the top of the list. I think it's time to read Wikipedia. When you just want the fans. New Order are an English rock band formed in 1980 by vocalist and guitarist Bernard Sumner, bassist Peter Hook, and drummer Stephen Morris. The band formed after the demise of Joy Division following the suicide of lead singer Ian Curtis. They were joined by Gillian, I've also heard it pronounced Gillian, Gilbert, on keyboards later that year. New Order's integration of post-punk with electronic and dance music made them one of the most acclaimed and influential bands of the 1980s. They were the flagship band for Manchester-based independent record label Factory Records and its nightclub The Hacienda and worked in long-term collaboration with graphic designer Peter Seville. And Low Life is the third album by New Order, released on 13th of May, 85 by Factory Records. It is considered to be among the band's strongest work, displaying the moment they completed their transformation from post-punk holdovers to dance rockers. The album shows New Order's increased incorporation of synthesizers and samplers while still preserving the rock elements of their earlier work. Yeah, Low Life. What can be said? It's amazing. Yeah. That can be said. Mm -hmm. It's good. Start to finish. Right off the bat, Love Vigilantes. I want to see my family, my wife and child waiting for me. Got to go home, I've been so alone, you see. Oh my god. For a record to start with Love Vigilantes and The Perfect Kiss, I don't actually know that there's a record that starts off with two stronger songs. Amazing. Yeah, Aerosmith Pump does, but that's another episode. <laughs> Yeah, Love Vigilantes, I love. The lyrics always kind of cornballed me out a little bit. Oh, I love them. Yeah. I think they're great. I tried to look at them. They're like a throwback to like a 50s sort yeah, of feel, you know? Totally. So I tried to look at them that way, but I'm always like, yeah, the lyrics. But I do love the song. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then, yeah, you're right. The second song, The Perfect Kiss, is... Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it's my favorite New Order song. Yeah. I think if I, had to, if I had to pick one. And I don't have to, but I'm going to for no. the purpose of the podcast. I, I would say that Love Vigilantes and Perfect Kiss are... In my top two, I would say that to make it to top three, Age of Consent, I would put Age of Consent. So, mm, would I? <laughs> uh, maybe Ceremony? Sure. The third is always so hard. Mm-hmm. You don't have to pick just three. No. Uh, the Perfect Kiss, I prefer the version that's on Substance 87. It's also my favorite music video of all time. And uh, a little tidbit, if you didn't know this, it was directed by Mr. Jonathan Demi. I did not know that. Yeah, who went on to uh, direct Silence of the Lambs mm-hmm. and Philadelphia. Yeah, he's a big time director. And a bunch of other uh, big Hollywood films. So rest in peace to him. Cool. Yeah, check out the video for Perfect Kiss on, on YouTube. It, it is great. It is just New Order playing the song in their rehearsal space live. But up until that point, New Order were um, you know pretty mysterious. No photos on album sleeves, band personnel not listed in the liner notes. Right. Uh, and that's another thing about Low Life. It was issued with four different covers. The most famous one that seems to be the most prominent is, is Stephen Morris, the drummer. But there, there's versions with, with all members. Mm-hmm. But even those photos are still like, they're warped, they're black and white, they're kind of blurry. But that video is just straight up them in the rehearsal studio playing the song live, and uh, it's just super cool. I know you know you 
think often, like really often, probably more often than I should. I think about the biopic, the Joy Division biopic. What was that called? Control? Control. Yeah. I think about Control. And I think about the documentary that I feel was maybe released at the same time. I watched them back to back. I watched Control and then I watched like a documentary at the, like right after I watched Control. And I think all the time about Bernard Sumner or Bernard, whatever we're calling him. And, uh... It's just a shot of Bernard Sumner, and he's talking about being at the funeral, at Ian Curtis's funeral, and he just says, we always had band practice on Sunday, so we all just looked at each other and we're like, see a Sunday? And you can see he's got so much regret that he didn't, he wasn't able to, I think, process the death the way I think he wished he could have, but they were so young. They were like... 22 or 23. It's crazy. And so that's how New Order started. They were just like, okay, cool, band practice Sunday. And then they just went forward and Mm -hmm. they just did it. And it's for some reason that just struck me and it has just stayed with me for years. I don't Mm -hmm. know when that came out, but I watched it when it came out and I think about it all the time. That's a good segue into the song uh, Sunrise. This one struck me as like, this This could have been a Joy Division track. Like I often think if Ian Curtis wouldn't have uh, died, how their sound would have developed if they mm-hmm. would have went the same way. I'm of the opinion they would have been even bigger as Joy Division, but maybe I'm wrong about that. But when I hear Sunrise, sounds like I could hear after that intro, after the band starts playing, I could hear Ian Curtis's vocals come in. Yeah. It's an aggressive New Order song, which I kind of, you know, I wish they had more tracks like this after this. Uh, there's nothing. There's nothing really this aggressive sounding in their catalog after this, so... Side two, uh, Alicia. I think it was used in Pretty in Pink. Yeah. Is it Pretty in yep, Pink? It's in, it and it's in also Pink. in Stranger Things, right? Oh. Season two or Is three. It? Yeah. I don't remember. I've seen it, but I don't remember. Yeah, it's in, it's in a Stranger Things episode two. Subculture. I actually prefer this version of Subculture to the version that's on Substance. And then Face Up is great because it starts out, the, the beginning synth line sounds like it could be Yazoo. It sounds very Vince Clark. And then for a spell there, it kind of sounds like the band Dead or Alive. And then it goes into a very uh, New Order feel. It's actually kind of an updated version of Temptation. It, it, it sounds like a sort of Temptation feel to me. Not as good as Temptation, but definitely in the ballpark of Temptation. Yeah, New Order, unfortunately, we won't be seeing them in the fall. 
Luckily, I've seen them many times. But um, I saw them the last time they played the amphitheater, um, which is where we would have seen them this time, right? Yes. Yeah. And that was that was a great show. I loved it. Yeah. I saw them in August of 93 cool. on the Republic Tour mm-hmm. at Kingswood. Nice. I, was, I never went to a show at Kingswood. No, I went to one there. And then I saw them at the Sony Center in 2014. Where's the Sony Center? Oh, the Sony Center. Or whatever. It used to be called the Hummingbird. The Hummingbird, yeah. I saw them there. I saw them at Coachella in 2013. I think there's one more in there somewhere. Yeah, so I know. I'm, I'm just happy I saw them with Peter Hook. Yeah, that's cool. I don't cool. remember much. I mean, it was 27 years ago, almost. It's <laughs> <That's> crazy. <laughs> but uh, happy to say that I did it. I think we're done. I think we're done. Yeah. I'm really sad that we're not going to see these shows. We're not going to go see these bands. I kind of wish that we weren't missing out on this stuff. I do sincerely hope that some good things are going to come out of this. Like we can all be a little bit more chilled out maybe. And we can all recognize the importance of some of the workers on the front line right now that we weren't recognizing before as a society, as a culture, among other things. But I am really sad that we're not seeing live shows this summer. But as you said earlier... If the worst thing that happens to us during this time is that we miss some shows, we're pretty lucky. So stay safe out there, folks. Uh, Stay home. Stay safe. Take these things seriously. And I hope everyone uh, gets through this okay. Yeah. And thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Later, dudes. Later, dudes. (laughs) There's a reason that Eddie Vedder... (laughs) You did it again! (laughs) (laughs) Uh. It's all that that. soil and getting to your brain.